Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Motherfucking mini-episode. Mini-episode. Motherfucking mini-episode. Yep, 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 there it is, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode, a, a phenomenal motherfucking mini episode of My Mama Told Me, the podcast where we dive deep, deep into the pockets of black conspiracy theories, and we finally work to prove the theories that you, the listeners, have at home. You know the game, bitch. Don't you sit there, you dirty slut, and play coy like you don't know how the fuck this works. It's very simple. You submit, I read them shits, and then I talk about them. I did a little research as well, but I mostly just read and talk. That's that's the core of everything that I'm doing here. And, and goddamn, do we have a, an interesting one today. Something I guess that I had sort of like heard vaguely uh over the years, or at least a, a reference to something that I, I had a vague understanding of, but that I, that I was excited to dig into further. This message, the message from the the listener at home, came to a, to me from a person who calls themselves Alex. He said, "Yo, Langston, you can call me Alex. That's not my real name, but I'm a black man in America, so use a fake name. I don't know. I've been using my real name this whole time, so it makes me a little." nervous uh, that that maybe I've made a mistake here, you know, Alex, that that maybe I've embarrassed myself by by going on these podcasts and accusing the white man of being the devil with my my actual God-given name. Maybe I need to rethink some things, but neither here nor there because Alex said I'm a big fan of the show, which means I have two real far out black conspiracy theories. Now, I'm only going to read one of the conspiracy theories that Alex sent me because eh, uh, time is it, it might be a flat circle, but 
you know, I got shit to do. So I can't I can't handle both of these. But Alex sent me a message where he's number one. He says this is more black fairy tales or folklore. But my grandma told me about a man named Shine. Shine was a supernatural Negro, a traveler and fixer of sorts. Think Mary Poppins, but a black man with a good helping of hobo mysticism. The way she told it to me, he was the first person to make lemons out of lemonade. Patriarchy, am I right? I'm not sure how that relates to the patriarchy, but I'm listening, Alex. Seriously, I would often hear something like Shine didn't have a bowl, so he ate his cereal out of cup. In these stories, it was also clear that Shine was homeless. In retrospect, it just probably the story of a poor black rural folks told to their kids in hopes of helping them see the the value of creative solutions. Maybe that's why Olivia Pope is the best fixer we know and Beyonce literally can do no wrong. IDK, research him and get back to me. You got it, Alex. I will research him and I don't agree that Beyonce can do no wrong. I can list a number of wrongs that Beyonce has done. I'm not going to start because I don't need to burn any more bridges. You've listened to enough episodes of me accusing her of being an Italian who faked her pregnancy to know, hey, we, we think Beyonce is corruptible. You know, we, we're, we're not convinced that Beyonce is a superhero on this side of the microphone, but that's neither here nor there. I wanted to look up as much as I could, Alex, about Shine, because I do think this is a an interesting figure, an interesting sort of folklore that has been passed down in Black oral history. And that is, that's a good place for us to start because everything that I read said that there isn't actually that much literature, written information about Shine. That Shine, this figure, mostly exists in oral traditions in black history that like it it he's a a person who was sort of spoken about but nobody was just writing books and legend about him they they weren't documenting shine's actual existence until much later in fact one of the first pieces that anybody can actually point to that documents shine actually comes from a song by legendary blues folk singer Huddy Leadbetter, a.k.a. Leadbelly. Y'all might know Leadbelly. And Leadbelly sings about Shine in a song. Now, before we get to that song, it's it, let's talk a little bit about some of this mysticism. That song doesn't come out until 1912. And part of the reason that, so- that song comes out is because Shine a part of like all of his magic and sort of mystery and all the the wonderful things that Shine is able to do. One of the things that they point to is that Shine is thought to be the only black man aboard the Titanic on which no Negroes were allowed. So he was the only black dude allowed to board the Titanic and be on the Titanic. And there are legends that say that Shine spent the entire time on the bottom of the boat, right? That he he's basically... Uh, He's needing to to help keep the ship moving forward by like putting coals in the flame. And when the boat was starting to take water, he was one of the first people going to the captain and telling him, Captain, the boat is sinking and the captain would not listen. The captain ignored him. The captain called him a a dirty uh, mud monkey. I don't know what captains say to the guys that load <laughs> that load coal, but I bet he called him a mud monkey of some sorts. And he called him a mud monkey and he told him, go f- 
put the coals back in there and Shine, Shine knew that that boat was sinking. And when the time finally came for those who could escape to escape and for the boat to make its, its sort of like final wave before it went to the bottom of the ocean, there were plenty of people begging Shine, all these other, uh, other people on the ship begging Shine, various white people begging him to help save them from the sinking ship. And Shine refused, focusing instead on saving himself. That's that's the legend that sort of comes out of the Titanic. And in a lot of ways, that's the legend that often is attached to Shine. It's these moments where he is sort of like at the bottom of the the figurative totem pole. I'm not even sure if that's an okay statement anymore. I don't know if we still speak that way, calling things a totem pole. That feels like maybe we're we're misusing somebody else's culture in a way that we probably shouldn't. But I said it anyway, and you'll correct me if I made a terrible mistake. But Shine is at the the bottom of all class, but he finds a way always to work his way to the top or at least work his way somewhere out of where white society told him that he belonged. He's sort of like if the most interesting man in the world, you remember those most interesting man in the world commercials, the beer for Dos Equis? And, you know, the most interesting man in the world, if he were a black dude, but instead of having sex with beautiful women on expensive balconies, he's just eating at restaurants where all the customers wanted to hang him, you know? He was he was meant to be hanged, but instead he he just kind of gets to finish his pie and, and skippity doo dah about his day, you know. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. If tonight's movie night is just what you need, make it special with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. One of the things that people point to 
from this shine story is that they they believe at least some of the the titanic relationship to shine was actually born from 1912 this is they're citing 1912 and this is why it's important because it is when the titanic the the staff of the titanic refused to travel the then world famous boxer jack johnson they wouldn't let Jack Johnson on the boat because he was black. The captain, in fact, said we are not hauling no coal in reference to uh, Jack Johnson wanting to make the trip. And he was refused. And so Shine sort of was or at least this iteration of Shine was born from that story. Now, Lead Belly then made a song about it. He, he sort of like saying about how stupid the captain was and and how, you know, Jack Johnson may not have made it, but. But Shine did and Shine showed those crackers what's what. That's that's more or less what Lead Belly's song is about. Similarly, there are a a number of articles that I read that refer to Shine as a trickster. Right. They call him a trickster, basically like nigga Loki is is the energy that's sort of coming off of Shine in these various things that I read. And someone who uh, is a he's basically someone who's able to use his cunning to not only navigate his way through into success, but also often navigating situations where even the most powerful white men are defeated, right? That like, especially using the Titanic as the example, this is the elite, the best of the best whites and shine becomes a survivor, whereas all these other white people uh, freeze and drown and uh, have to to kiss their their sweet baby goodbye, even though there was there was room on that door for both of them. But maybe the door would have sunk and maybe all these people who are doing all this retroactive math about whether, you know, why Jack couldn't fit on the door. The bitch, I didn't, I was cold. I didn't have that much time to do the calculations. I just, I had to stay afloat and Jack's heavy ass was going to make me sink. I get it, Rose. You made a choice. You let the boy drown. What were you going to bring him back to New York and you guys were going to build a life together? This motherfucker was a painter. You're a, you're a goddamn debutante. You know, you're, you're a woman of class. You can't afford to, to let him survive. Let him sink. Let him sink and and get a sweet kiss and whisper, Jack, 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 out into the water and then blow your whistle. I I think you did the right thing, Rose. Let that motherfucker sink. He didn't he didn't offer anything but some sexy pictures of French women. That's that's my stance on the whole thing. And one of the more interesting things that I read in relation to Shine's sort of trickster energy and and his his ability to navigate these these challenging situations with white people. And one of the more interesting things that I read pointed out that the trickster is essential because blacks could not at the time risk a direct attack on white society. We're talking slavery. We're talking reconstruction. We're talking civil rights. All of these periods where black people are not allowed to necessarily outright attack white people or say something even remotely, I guess, counter to the way that white society moves. You can only defend yourself. And so Shine, this trickster, allows a space where where he is able to navigate these spaces, not by being rude or disrespectful, but by being cunning and and sort of sly like a fox, like a fox in blackface. That's that's shine for me, but it's not blackface, like hateful blackface. It's like cool blackface. Is there cool blackface? We got to bring blackface back and see if we can make it cool again. Drake, I'm talking to you, baby. If anybody can do it, you you the one that loved it. You did it not too long ago. Let's bring blackface back. Anyway, 
basically in reading all of these stories of Shine, one of the things that I personally felt in the unfortunate quality of Shine, and this is this is very retroactive, right? In Shine, for the time that he existed, represented something really important to inspire people to sort of like get up out of the circumstances that they were in, much in the way that you were talking about, Alex, with like these Southern folks making the best of what they have. I think that is true of all of Shine and his folklore. One of the unfortunate qualities that I felt in reading about this, though, is how deeply Shine's mysticism is related to Black people's efforts towards equality, right? That that all of Shine's magic is connected to us just trying to be free. And that is, is at uh, to say the least, unfortunate. He's not magical simply as a magical person. He is merely magical as a survivor in white society. And unfortunately, so many of our Black stories, even to this day, seem to only exist based on our relationship to white people rather than our ability to just exist, right? I want Shine to have magical nigga powers because he has magical nigga powers, not just because he has to have magical nigga powers to survive the tumultuous relationship with his white oppressor. That's that's my dream for Shine. And maybe that's a very contemporary dream. And I I dare not make light of the fact that Shine probably inspired a bunch of people to do better, you know, to, to really like uh, strive for the best of them. I have to imagine that, that when Martin Luther King was was writing about the mountaintops, he was thinking of Shine. He was also thinking about uh some strange, you know, that man loved some strange, but he was he was thinking about Shine too. Shine and some strange. That's that's the ways of Martin Luther King, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> have I have I said enough disrespectful things that I can I can end this now? I think so. This was fun. Alex, thank you for sending this message. And, and I hope that this is helpful to put in context all of the things that your your grandparent said to you. And and if you want to send me your own theories about fictional black magical people, go ahead. If you got some bagger Vance theories in your back pocket, send them to mymamapod at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. And and as always, subscribe, like it. You can follow me at Langston Kerman. I'd like that. That that make me hard as a rock. That make me that make me feel magical. If you follow me on on Twitter or Instagram or both, do both. Fuck it. Fuck it. We'll do it live and we'll do both. Huh? That's that's all the self-promotion I need to do. And and I love you all very much. And I hope I hope you stay black. Huh? <laughs> I hope you stay black, you son of a bitch. OK, bye. Motherfucking mini episode. Mini episode. Motherfucking mini episode. Motherfucking mini episode. Mini episode. Motherfucking mini episode. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. 
Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. So, should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly how much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero.